You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. This weekend's UFC 261 is sure to be can't-miss event. Every punch, kick, and knockout means so much more with the DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of UFC, is giving you a shot at huge cash prizes. For this weekend's fight, DraftKings is offering all players a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy MMA is easy to play. Just pick six fighters, stay under the salary cap, pile up points for advances, takedowns, and more. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Plus, don't forget about basketball and hockey where DraftKings has even more money up for grabs throughout the week. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the DraftKings app now using the promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the week. That's promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. Dra- see DraftKings.com for details. Shoots, Hello and welcome everyone to episode 30 of the Rig Rats podcast, the Edmonton Oilers podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. Kyle, we've hit 30 episodes. Congratulations. The milestones just keep coming, buddy. Woohoo. We're on our way. Doing big things. Oh, yeah. You know, they say podcasts tend to blow up once they uh, they start hitting the 100 episode range. You start to see your numbers uh, boost. So we're almost there, buddy. We're, uh, we're working our way to 50 percent. On our way. We'll have to maybe uh, next season will be like a normal season and we'll actually have like enough to make it there instead of have like a, a half a season. Yeah, for real. Uh, the, the short 56 games. And uh, I mean, we are down to the last crunch here in the NHL season. Uh, we've got a cu- we've got one Oilers game to talk about and then three Oilers games to predict, Kyle. So let's get into it. Uh, we've got what was an incredible game versus Winnipeg after a bit of a stinker versus Montreal. We get to turn around versus a Winnipeg team that this is a, this is a big game going into this game. There is the potential to uh, jump for second place in the North Division. And um, it looks like, and it's probably going to end up, I'm pretty confident to put some money on it. It's going to be Edmonton Winnipeg in the first round. Uh, so this is a bit of a, a matchup, another preview to what we could see. Nikolai Ehlers is out, obviously, uh, with injury. And then the Oilers are debuting a few people. Uh, we've got Dmitry Kulikov making his Oilers debut and Ryan McLeod making his NHL debut. Uh, so rookie gets out there and he does his little pre-solo rap lap, which I just think is a really cool thing that, the, that, that, that yeah. hockey does. I don't, I can't really think of another, another sport that does that sort of stuff to their, for their rookies. Yeah. My favorite part, he went balls to the wall, came out, no bucket flow going, just showed up. Cole Caulfield did the same thing as well. Uh, uh, Cause they debuted the same night. 
Mm. Both of them, no bucket. What a what a ballsy move by the rookies here. I think I don't know if it was McLeod or Caulfield, but I was reading that after the game, one of them said that when they had gone to take the warm up lap, that their teammates had taken their helmet, so they had to do it bucketless. I don't know. Ah. I don't know if it was McLeod or Caulfield, but one of them had to. Uh, and I, I even saw on Twitter some people were drawn comparison McLeod's flow. They were putting him side by side with Ryan, like young Ryan Smith. My my heartstrings were definitely being tugged on for sure. So I, I just think that's a really cool thing they do. And, and no other really sport seems to do that. I think it's really neat. And it starts off, the game has a really good pace to it. It's pretty open. Both teams are flying back and forth. Both Hellebuck and Mike Smith um, are strong. And who knew that you would have a potential Vesna winner going up against an actual Vesna winner. Uh, Mike Smith and Connor Hellbuck are both uh, some of the hottest goalies in the NHL right now, which is a weird, I wouldn't, I did not think I'd be putting Mike Smith in the same caliber as Hellebuck this season, but uh, Listen, just, just take the first five to 10 episodes of this podcast with a very small grain of salt where we shit on Mike Smith every day. Just disregard, disregard. <laughs> Well, I think it shows like what this team can do with a little bit of goaltending, right? Because even at the beginning of the season, when we were yelling at Mike Smith, we started out slow. It was probably a little combination of some bad goaltending and we were we were starting slow. And now he's caught fire. We're in our groove and good goaltending. We really can uh, we can pull away here. Um, and right in the first period, we do manage to pull away. Alex Chason would score his 100th career NHL goal. It's funny. Chason's been in the league forever. He's a Stanley Cup winner. But like we just talked about how McDavid was like one of the fastest people to like 460 points. And we're like, yeah, Shason, 100 goals. Yeah. <laughs> it's amusing to clown on him because, yes, he has been in the league for a million years comparatively. And, um, <laughs> and 100 goals is still nothing to, nothing to sniff at. I mean, in the NHL, 100 goals like, in the NHL 100 goals, yeah, exactly. It's just funny because his role is not that it's the, I mean, obviously it's, he is not McDavid. That's not, that's not what his, his job is to stand in front of the net and go, can you see the puck? No. Good. I've done my job. Let it go in the net. <laughs> and that's how he talks to all the goalies and that's his job. Yeah. I, I'm sure it's, it's that nice and casual with the goalies up front. Um, no, always, always, but he, he, so he would score actually on a, a nice little play. And actually I thought the best part of this play is dry in the corner. He had the puck. He was standing on the puck in the corner and then he flipped, like kicked the puck from under his skate up to his backhand and then flipped yeah. it to the slot. Great pass from Larson. One timer pass Hellebuck. Great play all around. And the Oilers take a one, nothing lead in this game. Uh, then the Oilers would answer back a few minutes later. I guess not answer back. They would score again to double their lead. A few minutes later, with about a minute and 29 left in the first period, McDavid would score on a three-on-two rush. And it seemed like Barry sort of bobbled the play and just tossed it to the net. And I thought Pugliarvi got a touch on it. I really wanted him – I really want Pugliarvi to keep getting points and assists. So I was really pushing for him to get an assist on this play, but they never gave it to him. But McDavid, following up, chips it on the backhand past Hellebuck for the 2 nothing lead. And then we head to the second period, and that is where the fun started. In the second period, the Oilers explode for – Four goals. We see a goal from McDavid early in the period. He comes in on a little partial break, good outlet pass. He comes in with speed. He hits the fake slap shot and then just slides it through Hellebuck. 
And I think that was the goal that broke Hellebuck for the game because that goal goes in, Hellebuck's head goes up, and you just could tell McDavid was in his head. Yeah, I mean, that's one of those things that's just kind of like, it's that's a dirty move. It's like, oh, man, you really, you didn't have to break his entire confidence, but then he did. And it's kind of understandable for Hellebuck to just kind of go back into his shell and be mad about that one. And, uh, I mean, that sometimes that's all it takes is one gross move and the goalie's done. He's done for the night. That's it. Count him out. And I like the, the move was gross, but I don't think it was like it wasn't otherworldly, right? It was super no. cheeky. It was it was just like a little cheeky thing. Like, like you sit there and you go, I should have saved that. But it went through you anyways. And so I can get how he was frustrated. But to be fair to Hellebuck, like Shaysan's goal, one timer from the slot, dry would score a couple minutes later to make it four nothing on a just an absolute laser beam of a one timer from a two on one. Uh, shout out to Nugent sure. Hopkins with a great defensive stick in the defensive zone to steal the puck, chug it up ice, great pass to him. Nugent Hopkins and Dreisaitl starting to uh, heat up a little bit, which is great with Nuge coming back. So really no no chance for Hellebuck on that one. And then Darnell Nurse continues to stay hot. He buries one on also a one-timer. Pugliarvi would get an assist, and McDavid would get a secondary assist on this play for his third point of the night the Jets would score one on the power play Mark Shifley would score on kind of a broken play from the slot and then it is McDavid to capitalize and cap the period off he steals the puck at the blue line on a bad pass from Kyle Connor he comes in alone and there's just nothing Connor Hellebuck could do and Connor Hellebuck actually had stopped him on a breakaway a couple minutes earlier but he he's deadly and you just event you can't stop him two times in a row and he scores again. McDavid gets his third hat trick of the season, his fourth point of the night. I mean, Connor McDavid, Kyle, am I right? Yeah. Connor McDavid. I mean, we said it once, we'll say it again. Who's going to beat him? Nobody. It's not going to happen. Yeah. So he, he takes the game over, steals it. And we go to the third period, no goals in this one, so a relatively quiet period compared to the rest of the game. Mike Smith would stand tall. Uh, there was some chances back and forth, but I think that the Jets would have a little bit of a pushback, but th- there wasn't really any danger. They-, they were pretty well out of it. Oilers held the fort, which was awesome, uh, and then they jump the Winnipeg Jets for second place in the North Division with that win. Alex Chason, like I said, hits 100 career. Uh, a couple other milestones here. Uh, I guess it's not a milestone, but McDavid with 81 points. He now needs just 19 points in nine games to hit 100. And it's not in doubt. I think he's doing it. He's going to do it. He's got so much runway. He's going to do it. But a more important milestone, Leon Dreisaitl becomes the highest scoring German player in German history, which is incredible. And he's, he's only 25, which means he's just going to keep making that, that record mark even higher and harder to break. Yeah. I mean, I, I was seeing some stuff about it too. Um, you know, some of the analysts were talking about how, you know, Germany is just starting to grow, you know, you know kind of like Florida wasn't always a huge hockey state, but now it's starting to kind of grow just as, you know, the lightning get better and whatnot. And so Leon is a, a huge influence over there for um, some of these kids, you know, so I think he's starting plus the DEL and everything. Um, I think, I think hockey is growing over there and that'll definitely be good to get some more variety in the league, just to see guys coming up out of nowhere and, um, you know, see the sport grow all over the world. 
Well, and you think Dreisaitl's already had like a major impact on German sports. He won German athlete of the year last season. And you got to think he's competing against, you know, all of the guys from Bayern Munich and yeah. like all that's all like all those guys. He's also like we've already heard like uh, Stutzla on the Senators has already quoted as like Dreisaitl is like the guy he watched like growing up because there's not there wasn't a ton of right German stars I think of Marco Sturm who Dreisaitl passed for the lead you've also got guys like he mentioned guys like Marcel Gotch and that sort of stuff but there's not a not a ton of German stars in the league and so we already have kids in the NHL in Stutzla that are quoting Dreisaitl's like their their German role model so I think it's really cool to see the impact he's had on German sports and German hockey. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think it's awesome to see, you know, how much of a just a, a leader he is. And, and and like you were saying, a role model just for, you know, people of the country that, that are looking to get into something different. I mean, soccer is a huge sport over there. Everybody there plays soccer. It's, it's, it's a big European thing. And to see, uh, you know, some kids get more into hockey as well is is really cool. So, you know, I, I always love seeing the expansion of uh of the league and just and just the growing of the game all over the world. I mean, sometimes you see you're on NHL and you're scrolling through these guys looking at what nationality they are. And you're like, uh, they have ice there. OK, cool. You know, so I, I think that's always always cool to look at. And so then with this win, the Oilers go to 28, 16 and two. And they now just need a combination of 12 points between the Oilers wins and the Vancouver Canucks losses. So every time the Vancouver Canucks lose, the Oilers get two points. And every time the Oilers win, they get two points. And in a combination of that, if they can get to 12 in the next nine games, they will clinch the playoffs. Got three games to talk about here, Kyle. We have a busy weekend. So I'm looking forward to this Monday episode because we're going to have a ton to talk about. Oh, uh, yeah. We've got... We'll be there for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll, it might be a long one. Uh, so take your popcorn to the next Monday episode, folks. Uh, we've got another game versus the Winnipeg Jets. It is the final game of the regular season versus the Jets. The Oilers are six and two versus the Jets. So they've healthily won the season series. I want to see them really put them to bed. It's actually tonight on Wednesday when we're recording this, uh, that they're going to be playing that game. So hopefully tonight they can put them to bed and then again, get a good look for them for when they see them in the first round. So, uh, again, a bit of an adjustment game. Uh, I think the jets are going to come out mad. It's the last game of the season and they have lost the series. So I think they're going to try and at least cap it off strong. So uh, what do you expect as a pushback from the Jets? And uh, what do you think for a score, my friend? I mean, a 6-1 win, you still have to respect Hellebuck. You got to assume that you're not putting two high goal games in a row on him. He's he's a world-class goalie. So, I mean, you figure he's going to come out and, and really settle in hot. And uh, it's it's safe to say that he is going to be a net tonight, especially because we saw Brassois in the third period of the last game after he was pulled after the second. Yeah, certainly. I, I mean, your assumptions go to he's gonna he's gonna really tighten up ship and batten down the hatches just to just to prove a point. Say, hey, listen, that's a fluke. It's a one-time deal. All right, you're not that good. I promise. So um, he's gonna show up big. I think obviously the Oilers are gonna come out and want to you know put the boys to bed, say, all right, good night. We'll see you in the playoffs. And I'm going to say a 3-1 Oilers win because I don't think there's going to be any crazy high-scoring game, but I think it's going to come back to tight. 
you know, the pretty much every other game in the series has been fairly tight, at least in score wise. I like that prediction. I think Connor McDavid and Drysaddle. And to be honest, I think just the way the Oilers, we were talking about just the way teams have matched up against the way each other, the way they're built. The Oilers have a tough time versus Montreal, but they've had a better time versus Winnipeg. And I think they play a little bit more of an open style. And we also see, and we, I think the numbers back that up a little bit. We see like Drysidle, hell, even Chason, who has eight goals this season, half of his goals are versus the Jets. Um, I think just the style of play, it's a little bit more open. So there's a little bit more points and chances that go around, maybe both ways. Uh, I, I would expect maybe a little bit of, uh, I don't know, the 3-1. I, I don't think we're going to hold them to just one goal this time. I think they might come out uh, a little bit. Uh, they might crash into Mike Smith a little bit more, but I still expect a pretty healthy Oilers win. Uh, I'm going to say 4-2 on here, and I'm going to say Chason scores again. Ooh, I like the caveat here. And I'm thinking with the wrap-up of the Jet series and a impending series with the Jets in the playoffs, we get insider Chris on maybe uh, in the next episode, talk about it. And then maybe we'll get the uh, the guys from the Skates and Plates Jets podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network on uh, in a later episode to preview the playoffs or something like that. Because uh, we get some friendly banter on, you know, uh, talk some shit. You know, you got you got to start early. Oh, buddy, I'm good with the words. You know, you, you know, I'm good at the chirps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My uh, my my partner in crime on the bench for sure. Well, so we've got some more games coming up. Like I said, we've got two games versus Calgary. The first game is actually the second half of a back to back. Uh, they play tomorrow night, Thursday, when this episode comes out versus the Calgary Flames after playing the Jets. The Oilers are a little bit tighter with the Calgary Flames this season. They are five and three, but the Flames are significantly lower in the standings. Again, they've just had a rough season. I, I think all Flames fans can probably agree they, they've had a pretty tough season. They are 21, 24, and 3. Uh, you know what? I think Oilers are probably going to be a little bit tired. They've played a pretty decent amount of hockey in the last little bit, especially with this back-to-back coming here. But the Oilers are also pretty strong in back-to-back. I'm ne- I mean, I'm never going to predict a loss, and I'm especially not going to predict a loss versus the Calgary Flames. So I'll say a 4-1 win. And then uh, <laughs> we'll pick some scraps here as well. Hear me out. Okay. Hear me out. All right, I'm ready. 5-3 Oilers win. I'm going to laugh my ass off if it hits 5-3 on, on, on my prediction and not yours. Uh, and that's solely the reason I'm choosing it. <laughs> it's got a nice ring to it, doesn't game. it? It's got a it, nice it ring. Does. It, just, it sounds good in the ears, you know. No, but I think I think they're going to come out hot. At, you know, we said it throughout the whole season. It, it's, it's a known fact, Battle of Alberta, regardless of how good one team is, how bad the other team is. It's always a good spectacle to watch, you know, whether it be overtly aggressive or goal scoring highlight. I think it'll be a fun one to watch. Well, on the, on the physical side, this should be interesting because the Oilers are going to be without Jujar Kara and Zach Cassian. So that, that should be interesting. So with that said, I mean, who do you think's fighting in this game? <sighs> it's tough. I'm feeling it's going to be going to be a, another, maybe a rematch. I think maybe a rematch between Nuge and Monaghan. Yeah, maybe that, that would be a, that would be an interesting one. I think I wouldn't I wouldn't mind seeing the pool party mix it up. There's no way Pulyarvi no? gets in a fight. I don't think he because there was that one time that the dude dropped his gloves and grabbed him, and Pulyarvi looked at the dude and had no clue what was going on. He just looked <laughs> confused. To be honest, I don't think he knows that's part of the game. Like I don't think he knows that's something he you can do. <laughs> 
Cause like people will push him and grab him and stuff. Cause, cause like he's a big guy and like he forechecks hard. He's thrown some hard yeah, hits. So people yeah. have gotten frustrated with him, but like, he's just like, he just looks so clueless when they retaliate. So there's no he way does, he fights. There's no he way he does. fights. I just want to see it so bad. He's so big. <laughs> he, he's a big boy. It'd be a crazy I'm telling you, If he really wanted to, he could throw some knocks pretty good. I don't know that he would. And you're right. He does kind of look like a five-year-old. Whenever anybody confronts him, he just kind of sits there like, oh, uh, dad, what am I supposed to do here? I did something what? wrong. What am I... Do you want to? What are we doing, man? Like he—he he always it... looks like he's looking around for for someone else to tell him what to do. <laughs> yeah, he kind of like 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 I wouldn't be surprised if he turned and went, "Uh, Connor, what am I supposed to do here, man? What's the plan?" <laughs> but I'll I'll throw it out on a wild limb. We got a, we got a lot of fights to predict. Uh, who's in the upcoming to, battle? Who's, number, but... Who would possibly dare challenge Puliarvi in a fight? Who else? The Luch. He would kill him. I know, but it would be funny. So you're just going for your pure chaos here. Yes, anarchy. <laughs> anarchy. Michael, it's for funsies. Well, we've got I'll another... pick real fights, promise. <laughs> we've got another chance here versus uh, the Calgary <laughs> Flames. We play them again on Saturday. We talk about the adjustment game. So we've got another second game coming up here. So, Kyle, I'll let you start on this one. Uh, what do you think? After you're predicting a 5-3 win here, we're playing the Flames. That would put us 6-3 and three versus the Flames. What do you think? I'll give a steady. I'll, I'll, I'll go about the back-to-back wins here, obviously. I'm going to say... Uh, It'll be a, a bit of a tighter one, a low score, a, probably a 3-2 game for the Oilers win. Um, would you like me to predict my fight now? I mean, if, if, if you want to you throw a fight out there, sure, buddy. What's the title card? I'm going to say this one is more likely uh, maybe a chase-on. Maybe chase-on mixing it up. I mean, he does, he's not usually – he doesn't throw nucks necessarily, but he's also not like a wuss. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind, uh, you know, I'd see Chase on and maybe like Zach Ronaldo. Okay. All right. So I actually like the, the Chase on pick. I think that's, that's a pretty solid pick. Uh, I think someone who's pretty frustrated on that team though, and who I think might be a, a good fight for him, Matthew Kachuk. Yeah. I'd like, I think yeah. uh, maybe, yeah. maybe we see the turtle going up against Chase on. Yeah. Yeah. That wouldn't surprise me. And I, I'm feeling if Kachuk's fighting, it's in a 7-4 lost. So the Oilers win. Big win, 7-4. Yeah. So uh, that's my prediction for that one. Uh, if any of those predictions come true, Kyle, uh, we'll definitely have to ask you about them. However, we are going to take a moment now to take a break, use the bathroom and all that good stuff, get some snacks. Um, and then we will be right back for a look around the NHL for some NHL news. And then we're going to wrap this puppy up. And we will be right back. Hello, hello, hockey fans. My name is Nick Berlansky, host of the Tip of the Iceberg podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. My co-host, Nick Horwat and I talk all things Pittsburgh Penguins, from top news to game analysis and other unconventional hockey talk. We've got you covered. New episodes every Monday. Tune in at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcast from. And let's go Pens. Alrighty, and we are 
back. All right, Kyle. So after uh, a bunch of NHL games to come forward, I'm really, I'm really excited for this weekend and honestly for the next episode because it's a lot of hockey and, and the more hockey, yeah. the better. But we do have some NHL news here. Um, and actually, outside of the NHL, the U18 World Championships have started. Um, shout out to Team Canada for blowing up the Swedes 12-1 in the first game. Uh, we're going to get to see future stars. We see Connor Bedard and Shane Wright on that team. Those are some names to lock in your head because those names will be in the NHL in about two, three years. And Bedard is, is the kid they, uh, well, for Bedard, probably three, four. Bedard yeah, was yeah, just uh, given exceptional status in the WHL. In the W, yeah. Yeah, because the OHL just shut down. So he's he's playing in the dub, and Shane Wright, another really good talent. So uh, keep you, those names in your head, and it's a fun tournament to watch. So uh, I've been catching some of the highlights. Yeah. I, I mean, the goaltenders aren't very good, but the skaters are. Yeah, Shane Wright, uh, I think, is the captain for that team, for that Canadian team, and he is putting up some goals. I mean, I he is he throwing – six points in the, in the first game versus Sweden. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You tell me, is that good? I don't know. The shots that he's putting on net is like, he doesn't even look at the net half the time and he like puts it in. It's it's like somebody we know that does that. You know, Mr. Connor McDavid just kind of doesn't look at the net and then throws the shot and it just goes in the net and he turns around and he's like, okay, I'm going to go back to the bench now. Yeah, so <laughs> some, of these, some of these 15, 16 year olds have some absolute weapons grade uh, releases, oh, yeah. which is, it's sad. For, it makes me feel sad for myself. Some other inter- international news, though, uh, we talked about how Luongo and Shane Doan were named GM and then AGM for the men's world championship team. They have named their head coach and it is going to be Gerard Gallant. Um, that doesn't surprise me at all. What surprised me more is when Vegas just let him leave for some reason. Uh, so I think that's a really good pick. I think he's not currently coaching an NHL team. So that gives him a, a good solid focus for the world championship. Little bits and pieces of the puzzle start to come together. And I think as we see some teams and as we know some teams that are already out of the playoffs, we can start to think about rosters and all that stuff. So uh, the closer I, I am a big fan of the world championships, like I already said. So I, I like to watch those, even if, you know, the Oilers probably aren't going to be participating in them. Knock I mean, on wood. I love the world championships. It, it doesn't matter if you have all college kids go and skate or, you know, all pros. Either way, it's going to be good because those guys aren't playing for for money. They're not showing up to play. They're not they're not looking at people going, OK, like I have to put up this number of points or this number of this or this number of that. No, they're showing up to win. They do. They, they are not playing individual games They're playing team games to bring home you know, some, some prowess to their country. I love the, the national championships. I mean, they're just, they're the internet, the international competition is, is amazing on, on any facet of the Olympics, as well as the, the world cup when they did it. And, you know, every year when they do the international, I love that stuff. Yeah. And I, and I always think it's always like a good way for players that are on bad teams for the most part, a good way to like get confidence and, and grow as players. Like hell, I think yeah. Nugent Hopkins can point a lot of his growth at some of the times he spent at the world championships because God knows he wasn't learning anything on some of those Oilers teams back in the day. So I really sure. like him, uh, like you said, but looking back now at the NHL, we've got some more teams clinching the playoffs. We've got Tampa, Carolina, Florida, and Minnesota have all clinched the playoffs. It seems like the magic number for everyone is 69, 70 points. 
nice. Um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> to clinch the playoffs, the Oilers are currently, for everyone at home, sitting at 65. So that's about it. Oilers, like I said, though, need that combination of 12. But they can get to about 70 points. That should be, should be where they're trying to get to. And we see just the one Western team clinch. Seems like the East is a little bit more black and white. There's some really good teams, and then there's some really bad teams. But the West yeah. is a little bit more open. I think it's been a little bit more tight. What do you think on that? I think it's funny that, I mean, the first three teams you mentioned, they're all in the same division and, and they've all had some, some really good seasons so far, especially what surprised me. And I would say happily, happily surprised is that uh, Florida continued on the path that they were on, even after losing uh, Ekblad, which was great because he is an amazing hockey player and to lose somebody of that caliber on the back end is, is tough, especially when he's a you know a good leader in your locker room too, and I'm I'm sure he's still around the team and whatnot. I'm sure he didn't just okay. I'm hurt. I'll see you guys next season. Like I'm sure he didn't do that. But still, it's you know it sucks. To, it sucks to have a guy out like that. But I mean, they've been having an absolutely stellar season, and they certainly kept it up after he uh, after he got hurt. They're gonna be they're gonna be a weapon. They're gonna be tough to play against in the playoffs for sure. And so now with all the teams I just mentioned clinching, we have two divisions that are down to just one playoff spot left. So in the East, we have the Discover Central. We've got Carolina at one right now. And obviously these positions can still change, but they've just clinched. That's all that means. We've got Carolina at one, Florida at two, Tampa at Three And then sitting in the fourth spot right now, we have Nashville with 56 points and 51 games played. And right below them, we've got Dallas at 49 games played and 54 points. It's kind of open. I think some people thought maybe Chicago might be able to do it, but they've fallen off pretty heavy. They had a pretty solid start, but they've fallen off a decent amount in the last little bit. Nashville yes. is clinging on to that spot for dear life, but... Uh, I've got a soft spot for Dallas, and uh, I think I think Dallas will probably swoop in and, and take that last final spot. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, um, Chicago had a rough loss the other night to the Lightning, 7-4, seven, seven, and, and it wasn't pretty. Um, I saw some highlights of that one, and it, it was it was not a very pretty game for the for the Chicago Blackhawks. I think it's safe to say that they're gonna um, they're gonna they're gonna eat this one and sit out of the playoffs. But um, I wouldn't surprise me. If Dallas shows up, especially two games in hand on on two games in hand and only two points behind, right, of Nashville. And Nashville has seemed to be struggling lately. You know, you said clinging on for dear life and you were not joking. They really are having some absolute struggles. Even though even the wins they're piecing together are are not not very pretty. So that that'll be interesting because Obviously, as we mentioned, the three teams that clinched already, pretty much, honestly, I, I coming into this season, if you looked at that division, you're looking and you're going to say Tampa's going to make it. You're going to say probably Carolina's going to make it. And I would say Dallas was almost a sure lock in my brain to make it. Florida is what came out of nowhere to me personally. Uh, but I think those top three of uh, Carolina, Florida, and Tampa are leagues above the rest of that division. So I would have expected Columbus to not be as bad as they were. I'll say that yeah. Um, yeah. they've been pretty bad this season. I think, though, with with Dallas, if Nashville clinches the playoffs and it's the Carolina, Florida, Tampa and Nashville, Nashville loses no matter who they play. But yeah. I think if Dallas clinches, Dallas is a wild card. I think Dallas has the potential to have a have an upset in any first round. Yeah. They play. 
I, I would agree with that. I think for sure Dallas is definitely a more formidable opponent than Nashville. Just the way they play. I mean, I you know I'm from Tampa. I watched the playoffs last season. They played hard. Um, they play tough hockey. So it, it's it's tough. It's kind of like it's like when you watch the Bruins play playoff hockey. They play that nitty gritty, but also score at will style of hockey. It's like it's weird. Like they'll they're just bury you in the corners and wear your guys down, but also they'll just show up and be like, up, oh, I'm gross too. Dangle through the legs. I'm going to put a top shelf. Ha ha. And then they just laugh in your face and skate back to the bench. It's kind of funny, but obviously it didn't work out for them as well as they had wanted last year. Uh, they got pretty far, but not all the way. They're a tough team to play against. Pavelski is scary. Sagan, when he's hot, is scary. Ben, when he's hot, is scary. They have two good goaltenders. It's that's a That's a tough team to play against. They, and it's, they've got an interesting team. They, they had that unfortunate event with COVID at the beginning of the season that had them start later than everyone else. Sagan yeah. has been out all season. Uh, he's been yeah. he's been hurt. Um, all right. Uh, and Radulov and Bishop are also out for the rest of the season. Um, yeah. But we see, I mean, they've still got Hudobin. Ottinger stepped in there pretty solid. And uh, we see if it wasn't for Kirill Kaprizov's incredible caller performance, pretty safe to say, I think, Jason Robertson would probably yep. win the Calder on them. So yep. they, they, they continue to add rookie scoring and speed just out of nowhere. Yeah. We saw it with Hints and Gurionov uh, a couple seasons ago, and now we see Robertson exploding on the scene. So uh, yeah. they've, they've got something going on there, and I think uh, that would be a interesting first-round matchup for anyone. And I, I am cheering for Dallas to make the playoff. Uh, and then the only other division that is almost all the way locked up is actually out West. We got the Honda West division. We've got Vegas clinching well before everyone else with 70 points. Um, they're probably going to win the president's trophy though. Carolina's winning at 71 right now. Vegas though still has, has that whole division is way behind everyone else. Vegas only has 47 games played. So I don't know what's going on there. We got Vegas in first Colorado in second Minnesota, just clinching with third. And then we've got a, just a weird dumpster fight for the fourth spot between St. Louis, Arizona. And to be honest, San Jose and LA aren't even really out of it. Uh, We've got St. Louis, in in holding the fourth spot right now with 48 points and 46 games right underneath them we've got arizona with 47 points and 49 games and then we've got san jose with 48 games 43 points and then la 46 games 42 points so it i think it's safe to say vegas colorado is probably going to be coming out of this division i think that's what everyone's predicting unless there's an upset between minnesota somewhere and then like like i said like it really is just a dumpster fight for that fourth spot like who do you think is coming away with that so i would love to see the western wagon arizona coyotes come out of that just to just to watch the theatrics of uh, the biz nasty. But uh, other than that, I mean, to be honest with you, it, it, it's likely St. Louis comes out of that one. <sighs> I just, I don't think LA or San Jose have the grit to do it. I don't think they have like enough score power. I don't think they have enough firepower on their teams right now to make it happen. Um, like there's nobody that's like overtly sticks out this season, at least for either of those teams that have been putting up points like crazy. I mean, obviously, and nobody really has for the Blues either, for that matter. But in the standings, I think I think uh, St. Louis probably takes that one. 
Um, as much as I would like to see Arizona take that one instead. I got a soft spot for Arizona. I mean, I think you're right. And then just looking at it, St. Louis is probably the most reasonable looking at the stats. St. Louis has a minus eight goal differential. And then below them, Arizona with a minus 24. The best goal differential below St. Louis is LA's minus 13. Everyone else is like minus 36 or Anaheim's minus 54. So I think St. Louis probably does take it, but... I mean, Vegas and Colorado are just absolute monsters in that division. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I really don't think it matters who pulls that fourth spot. I'm pretty sure Vegas is going to stay in the one. Uh, so Vegas is going to beat whoever plays the four spot. And it's going to be aggressive, too. It'll, it'll likely be a sweep. And then Colorado should win. I think Minnesota might make it interesting and win one or two games in that first round. Um, you know, just to spice it up because they, they have some they have some firepower. They got they got some guys that are really show up out of nowhere and just burst, you know, in, in a little burst. And, Cam Talbot. Um, we, Oilers fans have seen it. Playoff Cam Talbot is a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so it, it wouldn't surprise me if they showed up a little bit. But in all reality, I think Colorado takes that one. And that'll probably, in my opinion, be the matchup of the playoffs after that that second round uh that second round where Vegas will likely play Colorado once if that happens that'll probably be the best matchup to watch at least in the playoffs that'll be that'll be an interesting one I'll have to stay up late for those games um just to watch the the fancy highlights yeah that'll be a good one I I still I'm still putting all my money on Toronto Edmonton series second round that'll be just a That'll be special. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But looking around, getting away from the standings here, some other NHL news. The NHL signs, uh, we saw them sign a TV deal with ESPN recently. They've now signed another TV deal with TNT. So that means HBO could potentially be getting NHL games and TBS could be potentially getting um, NHL games. And I was uh, hearing a lot of people were talking about uh, they want to see the panel that is, I believe it's on TNT of Shaq yeah. and Barkley and all them, and just yeah. have that same panel just talk about hockey. Um, yeah. Change, change nothing except for the sport. Yeah, and it would just be a bunch of people not having any clue what's going on, but it'd be just fantastic fun. So um, that would be hilarious. And to be honest, I mean, hate to do it, but shout out to Gary Bettman. He has turned a pandemic when we thought we weren't going to make money. And I saw the numbers on it. He is effectively quadrupling the amount of money uh, the NHL is going to make from their TV deal in a year uh, where they had a pandemic. So that's pretty impressive. Then the last little bit of NHL news here, and this broke my heart a little bit. We saw a heartfelt video from the Chicago Blackhawks and Andrew Shaw. He is retiring Um, He has had a bunch of concussions. And so due to health reasons and pretty obvious, he is retiring for his health and his his safety. Uh, We talked about it a little bit before we uh, started recording here. I mean, the guy's a heart and soul grit guy, an asshole. You hate him unless he's on your team. But man, oh, man, that tribute video, I I wanted to cry like that. It broke my heart, man. You see, like, that's a guy that doesn't want to stop playing it. Well, and the worst part is it the, the worst part of it is like watching that video was like watching your dad cry. Like that's what that's what it felt like to me. That's like it's like it's like you you watch it and you're like, oh no. Oh, he's so sad. No, don't be sad. It's okay. It's okay, man. You're gonna be all right. But it was it was definitely amazing. I mean, he's had himself a career. He came out of nowhere from nothing. Uh, you know, nobody picked him up out of the draft twice. And then he got a shot in, in Chicago. 
his first game, he scored his first goal and his first scrap in, in one game. His first That's goal impressive. was pretty impressive. It was a pretty nice one, It was one good, too. dude. Yeah. It was good, too. Three-time Stanley you Cup champion? Uh, I think he only won two. He, he he bounced out of Chicago before they won their third. I think he went to Montreal uh, right around the time that the uh, Chicago won their their third in that uh, in that dynasty era. But he made himself a living. That's for sure. He he picked a niche, showed up, and and a, and a guy that's arguably undersized to play the role he does. Good on him for making a, a you know making everybody else's life a living hell while he's on the ice. And who can forget the header goal in the playoffs, which I still think should have counted, by the way. Yeah, I think the problem is the reason it doesn't count is because he forced it. Other than that, it goes in. Come on, man. Rule of cool, bro. Rule of of cool, damn it. (laughs) You got a rule of cool it. I mean, it was cool. You got to let it happen. It was cool. Let it ride. Yeah. So shout out to uh, Andrew Shaw for a, a great career. It's sad to see it end this way, but uh, now he gets to spend some more time with his family, which will be good. Yeah. Um, and other than that, I think we uh, are done run through my NHL news. You got anything else, my friend? Um, no, that's, uh, that's about it for me. I didn't see any other uh, glaring. Hey, how you do's? So. All righty. Well, uh, we've got probably a bit of a long one this episode so the next episode also might be a bit of a long one and hell with the playoffs starting they might become a little bit longer so bring some bring snacks. your trail mix. yeah start uh play us on long car rides if you want let's do us uh, in the shower yeah listen to us in the shower our sultry voices while you're getting all soapy uh but with that uh thank you very much for listening uh be sure to follow the rig rat podcast on twitter that's going to be at the rig underscore rats on twitter also follow the hockey podcast network at hockey pod net and as always be sure to subscribe leave a review send a comment wherever you're listening to this podcast apple podcast spotify soundcloud or wherever else you're listening to it helps out a great deal kyle it has been a pleasure and as always we've got three oilers games coming up Let's go Oilers and have a nice shower.